Hello everyone and welcome to Balls and Whistles, a sports podcast from Highland News and Media. I'm your sports editor, Will Clark, and someone who is already demob happy because he's about to go on holiday for two weeks is Andrew Henderson. Andrew, are you going anywhere nice? Sounds nice. I wish I was really going there. Yeah, actually, it's probably the best you don't because Brazil's still a red light country. So, yeah, uh, that's true. I always forget that this is actually in Brazil. I just like I know it as, as a place and forget where it's actually in the world. But hey-ho. actually, does the, the actual song refer to the Copacabana Beach? Because it's not. He sings it's north of Atlanta, so it can't be Brazil, right? Is it not like a nightclub or something? Ah, uh, it could be. I don't know. I like to think I'm quite knowledgeable about music, but this has completely stumped me. I'm sorry, Will. I've let you down. Are you quite knowledgeable about Barry Manilow? Obviously not. I mean, I know songs. I don't know much about the history of writing them. So yeah. it depends, considering we're now in 2021, what you count as knowledgeable about Barry Manilow, I suppose. Did Barry Manilow write Really Light My Fire? He, he, to be fair, he's written so much. He, he might have had a hand in it at some point. I'm not aware of that link. No. I mean, I'm to be honest, I'm not too knowledgeable about Barry either, but uh, he's done well for himself. For me, the fun thing is that you've gone for a Barry Manilow thing at the start of the show and you didn't even go, oh, Andy. Oh, Andy. Oh, what could I, should I, would I? <laughs> I just see the regret flooding over your face right now. <laughs> oh, you know, I... How would you fit that in for two weeks holiday? Well, this is it. You went for the location thing. Totally understand that. That's fine. Mm. Should we just start a music podcast? Aye, well. We'll get Margaret on. Aye, get Margaret Crystal, our entertainment editor. Hope you're doing well, Margaret. I haven't seen you for a while. I saw her on a video call earlier this week, or maybe the end of last week. I've totally lost track of time, and it was just so nice to see people again. It was really weird. Because <laughs> we're all still working from home, of course. Sucks. Although I'm double jagged now. I don't know why I'm not allowed in the office. Maybe the bosses are trying to tell me something. I don't know. I think they'd be quite happy to have you in, Will. But as far as I know, the, the national direction is still work from home where possible. No, I have been paying attention to Nicola. Should we actually talk about some sport, Will? Yeah. I go on. I feel like there's a lot to cover this week, and we just spent the first like two or three minutes of the show talking about anything but. Um, first off, you're saying I'm off for a couple of weeks after this. You were off last week. It's good to have you back on the show. Do you enjoy your break? No. No? Okay. Will we just leave it there? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, there's some big stuff you missed, but don't worry, because there's some big stuff now that you're back as well. There's so much to cover this week. There's been a lot going on, I think, actually, in uh, lower league Scottish football. So we'll get on to that in a second. But I feel like we have to start with the Loch Ness Marathon happening this weekend. It's not just the marathon, of course. It's the whole festival of running. You've got the 10K, the corporate 10K, the 5K as well. Well, I was trying to think just when I was preparing for this show, is this the biggest event we've had in Inverness since the pandemic started? You name me a bigger one. Well, the only one, I know we had the ATAP, but I don't think that gets the same sort of numbers as the marathon, does it? Nowhere near. Nowhere no. near. As, as, as big as the ATAP is, it's, it's, no, it's not 
um, anywhere close to the Loch Ness Marathon. We're, we're looking at almost 7,600 people are registered to take part in the mm. event this weekend. Uh, that's across all of the running events, not just the Loch Ness Marathon, which I think is about 4,500 alone uh, off the top of my head. If I'm wrong, please just send in some complaints. But I think it is over 4,500. Um, and, you know, quite a lot of people taking part in the, the 10K as well. I did have figures. I should have done uh, some preparation and actually brought the sheet with me, yeah. I mean, all the exact numbers, I believe, are in the Inverness Courier today. Yeah, by the Inverness Courier, you'll get your exact figures there. But it was. It was, it was over 7,500 people taking part in the whole... It's 7,580. It was the figure that comes to my mind. Right. Overall, so... It should be said there is also still time. There's limited spaces available, and I think the 5K and the 10K for signups on the day, but those will be first come, first serve, and I'm sure those will go quickly. So hopefully we'll tip up over that 7,600 mark. Yep. Um, so if you fancy entering, just kick off your holiday, Endo, go for it. That might actually kill me, Will. <laughs> but it's definitely the biggest sporting event in Inverness um, any year. So it's great to see it back. And I think it's going to be great for the city as well, just what it brings, because people from across the country can now take part again. Mm-hmm. People from abroad can come in and take part. So it's great for the economy too. You know, it's maybe not a record, you know, because I think there's still maybe some reservations as, as a result of the pandemic. But it's, it's just great to see it back and it'll bring some colour back to Inverness again after what's been a really rubbish 18 months. It's not just reservations, I suppose, about the pandemic. There's just the complications, maybe is, is another way of saying it, because I know a couple of the guys who are expected to be the top contenders in the men's marathon race have had to pull out and... Yeah. One of them, especially, um, it was the guy Holland, who we, we wrote about last time the, the marathon took place in 2019. He said it was just basically family commitments. He couldn't leave you know, his young kid and his partner for the amount of time it would take to travel up to Inverness, the amount of time it would take to go back if something happened with the pandemic. So you know, it, it's totally understandable. I think it's about 2,000 fewer people than took part last time in 2019. But considering we're still very much in a global pandemic. It's a fantastic thing to see so many people coming to Inverness and taking part in this. And especially in the 10K, Will, I think we're hoping to see a record broken, aren't we? Megan Keefe uh, certainly got their eyes on it. Um, I think it's quite a while since the record has stood, isn't it? 2006. It's the longest standing record in, in any of these events, yeah. And nobody else has even come within, I think, 15 seconds of that record since it was set in 2006. I know, well, Megan's definitely gone on the record and said it's crossed her mind, so she should win it no problem on Sunday. I don't think there's any entrant that's uh, competing that'll even come close to, to doing that, so that'll be interesting. If Megan runs, she's going to win. It's just a case of by how much and if she can break that record. Uh, but by a Kenyan athlete, I think it was, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Whose name is? I, I knew you were going there, and I was just praying you just know it because I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I, I had a little faith when you said the guy Holland. I couldn't remember his first name. I know his Adam last name Holland. was Holland. Look, we, we've Adam written about Holland. so many people in relation to this weekend. <laughs> like some of them are going to slip my mind. You're right. We should just have all of it right in front of us, but we I don't. Know. We try and be a bit more natural than that on balls and whistles, and sometimes that means we forget details. 
Sorry, Adam. Adam, okay. There you go. Yeah, I apologise. That made me laugh, though. But no, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to covering it again. It's going to be a great event for Inverness, not just for taking part, but for watching as well. It's going to be brilliant. So come down to Buck Park on Sunday and just cheer everyone on. And cheer me on as well, because I'll be reporting it. Right, okay. I, I did wonder that, actually. You hadn't said anything to me about that this weekend, so I assumed you were taking it yourself. Oh, yeah. Myself and uh, uh, our, better not say our best photographer, because they are too old, aren't they? But James <laughs> McKenzie will be there as well, so it's going to be um, a really great uh, review in Tuesday's Inverness Courier. I feel like this is absolute chaos to start the show. We're forgetting names, we're insulting half of our own photographers, we're talking about random stuff that's nothing to do with sport. What what a fun start to this week's show. I should say, in terms of local interest, it is the 10K we're really focusing on. You mentioned Megan Keith there. Jenny Bannerman might have something to say about her winning it, although Megan Keith did beat her two years ago. In the men's race, we've got Stephen Mackay and Sean Chammers as well, both among the favourites. It's going to be great. And it, as we both said already, it's just nice to have an event like this back because we've been waiting so long for it. <laughs> I only wish I could take part, but I've got to work at it. So there we go. Did you ever make it to a park run? Yes, I made it to a park run. Yeah. I won't tell you my times. But... <laughs> no, just you did it. Congratulations. That's probably Thank more you. than I could do. Like, I fully embrace that. You're starting to work your way up to marathon level. It's, you're on that step now. Well, that's a dream. Is that actually the dream? Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Okay, you know, I see. There might be life-changing moments that might change my mindset about things. But hmm, I wonder what one of those could be. I'm not saying my athletics dreams are over, but they're certainly on hold at the moment. Okay, let's just skate right over that then, shall we? Because this is absolute waffle to start the show. I know. This is. I apologise to anyone listening. If you're going to stick with us past this point, thank you so much. Um, you say that might be a dream for you. Well, Inverness Cali Thistle are very much dreaming of winning the championship this season because they picked up another win last time out. Uh, it was a late Michael Gardine goal, wasn't it, that claimed all three points. You were there. That was your first assignment back from your break. Were they well-deserving of it in the end? Um, yes, eventually, because they did create a lot of chances. But if there's one thing to be concerned about is the amount of chances they, they had. And they'll be a bit disappointed they didn't test the goalkeeper more. Right. They go off to a great start with Sean Welsh's free kick, but especially in the first half, they created a lot of chances. They got a lot of balls into the box. Michael Garding was immense uh, last weekend. To me, that was his best game, even better than the, when he played against Kilmarnock. But there were crosses into the box that they didn't really seize upon okay speaking about Manny Duku and Tom Walsh in particular the ball fell to them quite kindly last weekend and just didn't seem to find the target which was quite disappointing I mean Califus could have been out of sight in the first half and fair play to Queen of the South they got battered before half time but see after the break they came out quite well and really tested Inverness and they really deserved our equaliser Lee Conley scored an absolute worldie I was a bit harsh on him when the school scored because I thought the defence backed off him. But if you right. see the highlights, it was a sublime strike. It was just curling straight into the top right corner. Connolly is a cracking player. He did the same sort of thing against Inverness for Alloa last year when he was on, on loan there. You know, 
absolutely tore the defense apart for at times. You know, he's, he's a really, really good prospect. But to be fair, after they conceded the lead, Inverness did step up again, and then Michael Gardine scored the winner. Um, got onto uh, I think it was Lewis Jameson actually got a flick on the cross uh, as well to set up Michael Gardine. I could be wrong. I'll have to look at the highlights, but I think it was like a back heel or something. But that's the thing about Inverness, which is characterising them this season, which maybe, well, not maybe, was missing in previous seasons. They're winning games that they maybe not would have won in the past. You know, this there does seem to be a bit more grittiness mm. about Inverness this season. You know, they'll, they'll do enough to get the victory. And maybe that's down to the experience of Michael Gardine, who, like I said, was Inverness's best player last week. Kurt Broadfoot, he should get a lot more plaudits than he's getting at the moment. I'm not, no, he's not being criticised, not at all, but I think, I feel he's been a bit under the radar with his performances. Sure. I think he's been not just solid at the back, but he can be a bit of a danger in the attacking box himself. He's a good guy to get on the end of a set piece. And that's credit to Billy Dodds for bringing in those experienced players. Because we we'll look at Billy Dodds and we we'll look at John Robertson and the kind of players they brought in. John Robertson had a great eye for a player who maybe had a point to prove, who people didn't really know about. That was what characterised him. I'm not sure John Robertson would have brought in Michael Gardine or Billy Mackay or Kirk Broadfield. I don't think he was the kind of players that he was looking for. He, I think he was more looking for the sort of young players who had talent but had never really achieved it anywhere else. Thinking like Jamie McCart, Sean Rooney have gone on to bigger and better things now. We can see it with the left-back position with Robbie Dees going to left-back ahead of Cameron Harper. I think if John Robertson was still in charge of the first team, Cameron Harper might still be the first-choice left-back, even though Robbie Dees is not that old himself. But that's certainly a characteristic that Billy Dodds has brought with him as boss to Cali Fissel. He'll bring in experienced players. And it seems to be working because, you know, six out of seven wins, undefeated, you, you look at the difference between first place and fourth place, it's a heck of a gap. Yeah. And we're saying Cali Fissel are dreaming of promotion. I don't think they should be dreaming anymore. It's a realistic target. I said dreaming of the title. Oh, dreaming of the title. <laughs> Even dreaming of the title, I think it's a realistic target now. Because Wednesday night, Dunfermline, Rafe Rovers, two teams that were tipped to do took quite well. They drew, and they're mm. so far off the pace at the moment. It's such a great start for Inverness. Kilmarnock, if you based it on paper, Kilmarnock are probably still favourites, but Inverness, they have a tremendous chance, I think. This could easily be their season they go up, whether it's by winning the title or through a playoff. If I had to say where do I think Inverness will finish at the end of the season, or the regular season, I should say, I can't see them finishing any lower than second. It's an exciting time to be an Inverness fan at the moment. And I think, to be honest, I'll say something about the attendance. There was only 1,800 people at the game on Saturday. Deserve a bigger crowd than that. You know, get behind this team. Never mind the past. Never mind all the Inverness, Fissile and Cali FC merger. Forget it. You know, this city needs a good football team. It's got a good football team and it deserves to be in the top flight. Go and watch them. Go and give them your support. Yeah. Well, no, this weekend they're at Hamilton Academic. But, <laughs> but when they're the next home game, just go and watch them. I think they've got a great deal on disc, uh, season tickets at the moment. Look at their social media page. There you go, I've got a free advertiser for you. 
And there's plenty of homegrown talent there as well to go and get behind. It's funny you were talking about how far ahead some of the other teams they are. Well, I was at the Cali Thistle women's game last Sunday, which we'll get on to talk about in a bit. But I was talking to somebody quite high up at Inverness Cali Thistle, and they were making the point that you look at last year in particular in Dunfermline. Dunfermline haven't won a league game since February, and they ended up in the playoffs. That was all because of them having such a phenomenal start. We've seen the last few years, Ross County, to an extent, limped over the line when they won the championship title. It was the same with Dundee United. It was the same with Hearts. A good start counts for so, so much in this division. And Cali Thistle have gotten it now. And one of the teams, as you quite rightly pointed out, they have quite a big gap over already, is Hamilton, who they go to face tomorrow. And I didn't expect Hamilton to struggle as much as they have in the league this year. Cali Thistle must be going to this looking for another three points. Like, Anything other than that's a disappointment based on how both teams have been playing so far this season. Yeah, I didn't expect Hamilton to be the same as Kilmarnock uh, in terms of being a threat for the top spot because they're placing a lot of emphasis on their yeah, youth set up, aren't they? They're mm-hmm. playing a lot of young, young players. That's the Hamilton way, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, it's it's worked for them in the past with uh, James McCarthy and James McCarthy being probably the two most famous examples, getting three million for both of them. But uh, it's not working at the moment, is it? Because they're sitting bottom with five points, only one win this season. Just a point ahead of Dunfermline, people are saying, oh, a plastic pitch might be a leveller, but come on, it had a plastic pitch and Cali Fissel went and won there. So I'd fancy them to pick up a victory against Hamilton Academical. I think they've got nothing to fear. I think they've beaten better teams. Uh, well, they've beaten almost everyone except Dunfermline. Dunfermline are at the bottom of the table. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a real. I don't think Cali Fissel will lose tomorrow. It's just a really exciting time to be an Inverness fan just now. Not quite so exciting time to be a Ross County fan. Uh, I was at the game last week and they played so well for so much of it away at Motherwell. I would say there was a good 60-65 minutes that they were clearly the better team. And yet again, they did not get a win. They're still waiting for their first win of the Premiership season. Instead, they ended up losing 2-1. That came a week after they apparently played really, really well against Hearts too, and they got pegged back and drew 2-2. The phrase that came to my mind when I was writing the last little bit for the match report at for Park last Saturday was that County are a good team who are relatively solid defensively. I know they've been conceding goals, but you look at how they've been the last couple of years, and there's a definite improvement there. They look really good going forward. Some of their build-up play is you know, absolutely phenomenal but they don't have that cutting edge in front of goal. They don't have that prolific striker. I know everybody's looking for a prolific goal scorer, but they don't have somebody up there who I feel like is going to get them 15 goals a season even. It doesn't have to be 20, 25 to just get them out of a relegation battle and into a mid-table, safe mid-table position. This is becoming a recurring theme for County now, isn't it? And it's going to be another tough one for them away at Dundee United tomorrow. We talked about the start they had facing last season's top half, but they came up against a Motherwell team who were undefeated in five, and they're now coming up against a Dundee United team who have picked up results against Rangers and Celtic this season. Even though these are the teams supposed to be around about them, it's not going to be easy. And there's a lot of positivity in Dingwall. I'm starting to fear a little bit. This winless run can't go on for much longer if they're going to actually move up the table and get out of a relegation battle for me. Yeah, I, I think they will have a battle against the drop this season, but 
I saw the highlights against Mullerwell, and it, to be fair, it looked like Ross County dominated the match. You were there as well. So there are encouraging signs. You know, it, it's not like last season where they were basically just outplayed for the most of the first half of the season and conceded a heck of a lot of goals. I don't think it's the same situation as it was last season. Yes, it's a worry that they haven't won a game yet, even for we've got to take into account the start they had and the teams that they played, even for they should have beat Aberdeen. But it sounds like they should have beat Motherwell as well, the way they played. So, yeah, it might be a case of, do we need to look at changing what's up front? You know, what, what are the options that we have? I still think Jordan White's a good striker. I think if, once it clicks, he'll be okay. Reagan Charles Cook seems to be playing quite well too, you know, um, creating those chances. So it's not far off. And they've still got to play, I think it's three of the bottom five to round off the first round of fixtures. They've not played St. Lennon, they've not played Livingston, they've not played Dundee. And none of those teams are too far away from Ross County. So Dungeon United, it's going to be a tough game on Saturday. They're doing quite well, fifth place in the table. And a draw at Dana Dice wouldn't be a bad point, but yeah, I think they need a win sooner rather than later just to relax the pressure a wee bit. I'm saying this, I've asked players and Malky Mackay this over the last couple of weeks, whether this is ramping up the pressure on them, not having one yet, and everybody's staying really positive. It doesn't look like it's affecting the camp whatsoever. This is purely my own concern for them, that even though they're playing well, they don't seem to be able to get over the line. And that can only go on for so long before it really does become a concern. And yeah, you're right. They've still got St Mirren, they've still got Dundee. You know, They've still got those teams to come up against in the first round of fixtures. But for all you're saying, the first few games were a free hit. You've now had Hearts and Motherwell that weren't, where they played well and have come away with one point out of six. It could be a similar story at Tanadice tomorrow. I'm not saying it's panic stations, but I think there are warning signs there that for all of County's good play so far, they're not quite getting that win yet. And why isn't that happening? Jordan White is a good striker. We were, you know, lavishing him with praise the second half of last season, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to go and get you 20, 25 goals a season. Can he get 15 in the Premiership? I'm not sure. You know, I would have said absolutely in the championship, but the premiership's a different ballgame. And you look at the options they've got now that Ollie Shaw left and they've got Dominic Samuel and Alex Samuel. Mm. You know, they're both unproven Scottish top flight. So we don't know what they're absolutely capable of yet. Regan Charles Cook is playing really well. He was just voted by county fans their player of the month. Blair Spittle, we've talked about him at length. You know, scoring goals, playing really, really well. Joe Hungbo came on last week and was super impressive in the second half against Motherwell. But they can do all the great work they like. They need somebody at the top end to be finishing the chances they create too. And at the minute, it doesn't look like they have that. I'm quite happy to be proven wrong in the next few weeks. I would love nothing more than to be proven wrong. But right now, it doesn't look like they have that. I would like to see Ross Callaghan up his game a wee bit as well. Um, I think he's been a bit conservative Mm. in his play. I don't know what you think about that. Um, I thought he'd be more of a threat uh, up front or maybe get a couple of more goals than uh, what he's achieved so far. I thought he'd be quite good playing just behind like a lone striker role. But you're right what you say about Jordan White. I think he does bring something that Dom Samuel and Alex Samuel don't in terms of an aerial threat as well as 
being the ball on the ground, but you've got to put the ball in net and maybe it is time to start switching up things and just uh, looking at your options. I don't think Dom Samuel was in the squad last weekend, was he? No, and there wasn't a particular reason given. You know, Malky Mackay didn't say he was injured going into the match. He didn't say he was injured this week afterwards. Uh, he may have just been squeezed out for numbers, uh, but I picked up on that as well. Dom Samuel wasn't in the squad. Yeah, I mean, I think Alex Samuel was a, a sub, wasn't he? Yeah. Off the top of my head, I think that's the only deal of two options for Jordan White, isn't it? Unless you want to go for somebody like Charles Cook through the middle, which would be a, quite a big tactical change but he seems to be the informed guy and he scored a few goals. So maybe that's something they'll try out at some point. I don't know. Maybe Culloching up front, just push him more deep. I don't know. They need to find goals somewhere anyway. But like I said, the start Ross County have made, it wasn't unexpected. Mm. But I'd be more concerned if it's still the same sort of situation after they've played St. Mirren, after they've played Dundee, after they played Livingston. I think those are the three teams that Ross County have to look at getting results against and finishing above. And I think they can. On paper, it's a good team. And I like the way they play, even though it's been a disappointing start. Apart from the first half against Hibernian, they've usually been, well, they have been competitive in most games. They are kind of marching teams. It's not, I mean, I'll go back to last season again in the first half of the campaign. It's not the same sort of scenario. You know, there, there is a positivity about the team. Yeah, they are getting up and they are trying to create chances but yeah they have to take those chances because it must have been so frustrating for the players and the management after uh, they defeated Motherwell but that might be an epiphany you never know it's like boys let's sort this out and we could be celebrating a decent win against Dundee United tomorrow like they did last season I remember was it a 2-0 win at Tannadice? 2-1, 2-1, I think. If it's the match I'm thinking of, 2-1. Yeah, Jordan White scored. Did he score both or was it just the one? It was, it was two early goals anyway, I remember that. I wasn't at the game. I, you. I was thinking of the game at the start of the season when, uh-huh. when Ollie Shaw came off the bench to score and that kick-started his run. It might well have been 2-0 because I was thinking of a different game. Anyway, you never know. <laughs> Tana dice for salvation. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is... We're talking about Cali Thistle before as well. Both of those teams right now are really good to watch. You know, I really enjoyed the last few games. I've I've gone and covered at Cali Thistle and Ross County. I've really enjoyed watching both teams as well. Um, really good to watch because last season I dreaded covering Ross County games in the first half of the campaign. I knew what was coming to be honest because mm. just the general feeling about the club. It's not that feeling at Ross County. They are a good team to watch this season, even though they're not getting the wins. Cali Thistle, bit more grit here. You know. I enjoyed watching Cali Fissel under John Robertson because that's the kind of football he played, 4-2-3-1. Billy Dawes tries to keep a bit of that, but there is a bit more steeliness about the team, a bit more physicality about the team. But yeah, if, if you're a football fan in the Highlands, go and watch Cali Fissel and Ross County. Never mind the Celtic and Rangers supporter buses. I could go on about my train journey home from the Celtic Ross County game, but that's it. I'd take 20 minutes. Oh, it's like hell. But anyway, we're not going to go into that. So now I know why I did so many Ross County games in the first half of last season. It all makes sense. But, well, you have had a really busy week since you came back because not only were you at Cali Thistle last weekend, you were at Nairn County on Wednesday night. It's, again, not a great result for them, but you did get six goals. Is it at least a good watch there too? It was the best game I've seen this season. (laughs) 
if only Amir had won it. it. It was a really good game to watch. Even for, well, maybe <laughs> maybe if you're not a near County fan, you know you'll have your head in your hands. But as, as a neutral, I really enjoyed watching it. Near County three one up at half time, but uh, imploded in the second half. Fort William, very good team. This is not the whipping boys of yesteryear. Although I should say, Fort William have announced that Ashley Hollier, the manager, has resigned from his post. So they're looking for a new manager. He, he actually wasn't at the game on Wednesday night either. But Fort William played some really good football, were worth their fight back and worth their point, and maybe should have won it at the end. And I spoke to Ronnie Sharp afterwards, and fair play to Ronnie, honest man. You know, never shies away from giving an assessment. He's fearing relegation, the way things are going. That was his words. He says that they're in a relegation fight because in the Highland League this season, there's going to be relegation. And he thinks they could be one of the contenders, the way things are going. They beat Keefe 2-0 on the opening day of the season. And eight games later, they're still searching for their second league win. It's unusual at Nairn. They're not a team that you would associate with being among the bottom group of clubs. But uh, things need to change quickly. And they're playing second place in Maruri Locos on Saturday. So it's going to be a tough one. That's the thing. Nairn had a really tough start to the season as well. But there are so many strong teams in the Highland League this year that it's not going to get too much easier for them. And a game like Fort William is one of those you'd be thinking they need to get three points from there. So to come away with anything less than that, and like you say, in the circumstances, being two goals up and then being pegged back, that's a real concern at Station Park right now. There's going to be other teams in the Highland League that are going to look at Fort William and think, you know what, they're not a bad team now. I'm thinking Tariff United especially, maybe Strath Bay. Keith have kind of improved a wee bit, but it's, they're still not out of the woods. Wick Academy played nine, drawn six, lost three. They've avoided defeating most of their games, but they still haven't won a game this season. You could usually pinpoint either Fort William or Lossiemouth to finish bottom of the table. But I think there's five teams that I could be very worried about their place in the Highland League next season. Because for me, if Banks of D win the North Super League, they're going to beat who's ever bottom of the, the Highland League. Don't know anything about the Midlands League. Um, I think the North Cali League might be a bit off it at the moment. But yeah. Fort William will have hope they won't finish bottom and it's going to worry a few teams, including Nairn County, unfortunately. At the, well, kind of at the other end of the table, we, we've talked about Brora in the past and their title aspirations taking hits every now and then. They've actually got cup action this weekend, so it's maybe a nice distraction for them and it's a chance to keep a bit of silverware at Dudgeon Park. Yeah, I mean, they, they suffered a defeat uh, last weekend, 2-1 at Inveriri Locos. So they are kind of falling off the pace a wee bit in the Highland League. So I think Brora wore out of nine men by the end, in fairness. Yeah, Colin Williamson and Josh Meekins were both sent off. But uh, I spoke to the manager, Craig Campbell. He says Brora Rangers are all about winning trophies, including tomorrow's North Scotland Cup. Um, but Roth is undefeated in the Highland League, it's got to be mentioned. Uh, they've drawn a few games, to be fair. Drawn more than they probably would have liked. But... Very good team. That'll be a very entertaining clash in Lossiemouth tomorrow. Do you think this is uh, a bit of a litmus test for them now that Craig Campbell's been appointed permanently to see if they actually can get back up into the Highland League title contention playing a team in form like Rothers? 
Um, to be honest, I think they've already highlighted Litman's test, to be honest, last week against Inveruri. Inveruri are second in, in the, the league, deservedly so as well. A few points ahead of office, if I remember off the top of my head. That'll be a blow at their title aspirations. I mean, they'll still be thinking, yes, we're going to keep playing because they've had some very good results before that. But the way the Highland League is, it doesn't take many defeats to rule you out of title contention, especially the way Fraserburgh are playing. And with Brecon City and Bucky Fissel, two of the other title contenders, playing each other tomorrow, one of them will drop points. It's looking very good if you're a Fraserburgh fan, but not for anyone else. So, Brewer Rangers, yes, it's a cup and they'll go out to win it. Um, but let's face it, they want to win the league. They want to try and get back into a playoff position and try and get promoted into League Two. So... I don't know. I think if Brewer Rangers want promotion or win the title, I think they may have to wait until next season. I, I think the damage has already been done, in my opinion, even at this early stage. Like you said, Fraserburgh are absolutely flying at the top of the table. Played 10, won 9, drawn 1. They're up against Clack tomorrow, aren't they? So that's, that's not going to be an easy one for the Lily Whites. And we, we've talked about Clack quite a bit over the last few weeks. It's, it's the other teams in the area taking a little bit of priority this time around. But um, Clack definitely hoping to not just spend a surprise over Fraserburgh, but kind of put an end to their bad run of farm at Grant Street, which I'm not sure any of us saw coming. Yeah, after such a great um, run of form, after losing their first two games, I think it was like six games undefeated and just surging up the table. They, they, were, they were on touching distance of, of second place. I think, was it the Devon and Vale game that they lost that ended the run? Yeah, I think so. Um, which was a bit of a bad defeat for them because Devon and Vale aren't going great. And then they got beaten in the Scottish Cup by Donny Pace, which I know was a disappointment as well. Um, that was a game they fancied winning. So, Jordan McDonald's done a very good job. And even though the last couple of results haven't been fantastic, he'll be looking to turn things around sooner rather than later. It could be later with Fraserburgh tomorrow. But if they get a point against Fraserburgh, I think they'll be happy with that. You mentioned the North Caledonian League earlier, Will, when we're talking about potential relegation from Highland League. I suppose the big news this week in North Cali was that St. Duthis managers, Stuart and Andrew Ross, just after reaching 100 games in charge, have stepped down. Again, I don't think either of us saw this one coming. I mean, it's been a poor start to the season for St. Duthis. Um, just one win in their first five league games. but. Andrew and Stuart Ross, they were part of the furniture at St Duffus. They, were, they actually helped St Duffus rejoin the North Caledonian League in 2016. Um, they were held a meeting at the Hotel in Tain with the current chairman, Neil Harkis and Dale Finlayson, and brought senior football back to Tain for the first time in over a decade. It's St Duffus, they're not a club that would have sacked people. You know, I don't think they're that kind of club. So if, if they were to leave, it would have been through resignations. And that's what they've done. They've obviously felt that uh, they've taken St Duffus as far as they can. Uh, the club said they, they reluctantly accepted their resignations because I don't think the club wanted them to stand down. But, you know, it, it's obvious that they're passionate about their club. Uh, and I'm sure they'll continue to be part of it in some form. But in terms of leading the team in the field, maybe they felt they took them as far as they could. But wish them all the best. It's a mix of league action in the North Cali this weekend and Football Times Cup action. And I'm sure, I'm conscious we're talking quite a lot about football this week, so I'm, I'm going to skate over that 
a little bit because, well, there's plenty to talk about as well in women's football, not in the least the Highlands and Islands Cup final this weekend between Sutherland and Clark Nacudden. Correct. Clark Nacudden are treating it like a World Cup final, according to the manager Rob McLeod. He says his team are right up for it, which is great to hear. They are obviously disappointed that they conceded the Highlands and Islands League title last weekend to Cali Fistle Development. Congratulations to them, by the way. But this is their last chance of silverware this season, and uh, they want uh, something to show for all their endeavours. Sutherland Football Club as well, first season in the Highlands and Islands League. They're second in the table, and they've got a cup final to look forward to. So that's fantastic for a team based in Helmsdale. Nothing wrong with being based in Helmsdale, but it's quite a rural community. Mm. And to be fair, Sutherland itself is quite a large geographic area. They've got players that travel from Ullapool on the west coast to Helmsdale on the east coast. So they've got players representing the entire county. They'll fancy their chances as well. Um, I was actually at the sutherland clark McCurran game in the league. It was 2-2. The Sutherland head coach, John Smith, he says... They'll have a much stronger team going into the final on Sunday. So it'll be an intriguing clash. And uh, whoever wins it, it'll be a historic day for the club because neither of them have actually won the League Cup. So, Of course, yeah. No, I was thinking a couple of years ago when the Highlands and Islands competitions first ran, Clack obviously won the league title, but they lost the cup final to Lewis and Harris, didn't they? Yes, yeah, 7-0 at the Caledonian Stadium. It was 0-0 at halftime, so it was a bit of an implosion in the second half. So I don't know what happened there. I think Mary McLeod happened, and then when Lewis and Harris pulled out of the league, she ended up signing for Cali Thistle senior team. That's a good bit of knowledge. Um, <laughs> well, she scored, I think, a hat trick or something like that on her debut for the Cali Thistle senior team. So she was clearly good enough to go and take a game like that by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, she, she seems to be uh, quite a bit of a prowess in front of goal. But I think it'll be a closer game this time mm. if, it's, if the league encounters anything to go by. But the game's on a Sunday, 2 o'clock at Station Park in there. So go and give their support to the team. That's not the only bit of silverware, obviously, for women's footballers in the area. You mentioned it briefly there, Will. Cali Thistle's development team are Highlands and Islands League champions. They secured the title last week with a win over Clack. So they'll be hoping for better this time out. Um, but based on the stats, really, there's no doubt that Inverness were deserving winners of this. I mean, they scored 85 goals and just conceded two. It's crazy. In this the seven games that they've played. Just absolutely ruthless in front of goal. Um, in five of the seven matches, they scored double figures. Although, to be fair to Clark Nakudin last weekend, they only lost 2-0 and apparently gave them a really good game. But credit to where credit's due to a Cali Fissile development. Because... Um, they're a bit different from the other clubs in the Highlands and Islands League. They're kind of like trying to nurture talent that might be good enough to play for the first team in Championship North. But congratulations to head coach Ian Firth and Mary Peterana, who have taken over from Ali Munro, who has resigned from his post earlier in the season, um, but deserves a bit of credit as well for what he's done at the club. But uh, no doubt they were the best team in the league this season. And so worthy winners of the title. I want to give a mention to the senior team at Cali Thistle Women as well, because they were, of course, in action for the first time ever at the Caledonian Stadium last Sunday. I went along to that match and, you know, they were 
absolutely ridiculous going forward. Grampian could not live with them. Cali Thistle ended up winning 12-2, and to be honest, they could have had four or five more. Uh, I was really impressed by Kirsty Deans in the middle of the park. She absolutely controlled the game from the first minute. Grampian's midfielders looked a little bit timid, and Deans took full advantage of that, was very deserving of her goal, and she's actually been named club captain at Cali Thistle this week on a permanent basis, taking over from Jaya Brady, who just drops down to vice-captain. Right, I think that's more than enough football <laughs> for one week. Well, I'm sure there's probably other stuff that we haven't talked about, but we've still got more things to get to as well. Not in the least, the McTavish Cup semi-final in Shinty. We talked uh, a week or two ago about Kinloch Shield winning the Kamenath Cup for the first time, mentioned in some of the pieces then that 2021 isn't over for them yet. They've still got another chance at Silverware, but Caberfey will be looking to deny them a spot in the final and make a bit of history themselves. Yeah, um, Caberfey, it's been 85 years since they've won the McTavish Cup. Kinloch Shield never won the McTavish Cup. Uh, but for Caberfey, head coach Jody Gorski in particular, it's going to be his fourth semi-final. They've never reached a final before, so that's a milestone that uh, they want to put to bed. They've got uh, probably still the best strike force in Scotland in Kevin Bartlett and Craig Morrison. Uh, it's the defence that's the problem with Caberfey. Even though they score a heck of a lot of goals, they do concede a lot. I keep going back to the 2019 season where Caberfey scored the second most amount of goals in the Premiership. I think it was like 48, and yet still ended up with a goal difference of minus 25, which I thought was incredible. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic chance for a team from Russia to reach out our cup final. Uh, even for Kinloch Shield won the Kavanaugh Cup, the one trophy they've yet to win is the McTavish Cup. So they'll have just as much incentive going into the semi-final and get to the final. So it should be a cracking game at Strathpeffer for all Shinty fans. That's the thing about Caberfrey in particular, isn't it? With the amount of goals they score and the amount of goals they concede, sometimes it'll be their day and they will win in a really one-sided match. But more often than not, you're going to get entertainment value from them. Oh, yeah. Goals galore at Castle Loud. Pepper for thrills. And with so much on the line, it's it's really set up for a, a cracking match. Yeah. If Craig Morrison and Kevin Bartlett play, Caberfrey will score goals. It's just a case, will they score more goals than the other team? It's the entertainers. That's what we used to call it, isn't it? Yeah, but Kinloch Shield have proven to be one of the best teams in the country this season, so I would still make them favourites to win and uh, go into the final. But it should be a cracking game. I think then there's just enough time for a brief rundown of the rugby fixtures this weekend because I believe, Will, every single one of the teams in our area are in action. Highland's first team are at home against Dundee at Canal Park. Ross Sutherland in Caledonia North 2 are up against Aberdeenshire. Highland seconds in the same league have got Banff. Highland thirds in Caledonia North 4 have got Allen seconds. Craig Denane are up against Turriff. And Craig Denane's women's team are up against Fraserburgh in the women's North League. Usually we talk quite a bit about rugby, but there's been so much going on this week. I kind of feel like there's not really too much time to go into a lot of depth on that. Um, but Read our coverage in the newspaper. Yeah, there's loads of it in print. Yeah. So loads of it in print and online. So go and pick up a paper. And if you're going on to our websites, there's obviously the new digital packages that I mentioned last week that we're still trying to get out there. You can save a little bit of money for an annual subscription, which will give you unlimited access to our website and the new Highland News and Media app, which is great. 
Uh, well, you were off last week when it got launched. Have you actually had your Wii run through of the app yet? Yes. It's quite easy to use, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, I'd recommend anyone to download it and have a go and read all of the great content that's available in our newspapers. There you go. You heard it here. Well, not first, but you heard it here at some point. Um, well, now that I've even gotten a bit of a, a shill out the way, I know we've covered quite a lot of the stuff in this week's papers. Is there anything else that has caught your eye or have I snookered you again? I just want to mention my wee column this week. Uh, last Friday, uh, unfortunately, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So I just wanted to make a point, if you've got any symptoms, just uh, go and check them out. Um, also made mention of the other athletes. Well, I'm not an athlete, but there have been athletes in the, in the north who have had type 1 diabetes. Speaking about Roddy Riddle, the international cyclist from Inverness, Thanks very much to him, by the way. He got in touch with me just to give me some advice and just to say, you know, rule type 1 diabetes, don't let it rule you. You look at golfer like Hannah McCook, uh, she, you know, she's got type 1 diabetes and it's not stopped her being one of the best golfers in the country. Uh, Scott Allen, former Cali Fissel player at Hibernian, he's a type 1 diabetes as well. Like I said, I've no aspirations of becoming a professional athlete, but I do want to get back running. I do want to get back swimming. It's two of the things I love. And just thanks very much to everyone who's been in touch, especially those who have type 1 diabetes themselves, just offering me advice and just seeing how it's not impacted their life too much and they can do the things that they can. Um, but yeah, if you do find yourself with an extreme thirst or piddling like a racehorse, don't ignore it like I did. Go to your GP and get it checked out. And they'll give you some insulin because I've, I've felt better than a half in a long time. So go and get yourself checked out. And you're approaching this with a positive outlook. So it's the power of positivity, Will. Uh, you must keep smiling. <laughs> We're definitely trying to be upbeat about this. And it was a very well-written columns. So hopefully oh, that'll help some people out there. In that case, Will, I think it's about time to wrap up because we've been yammering on for more than long enough. If you like what you hear on Balls and Whistles, then you can get in touch with us with comments or just a bit of praise. It's always nice for us to have a morale boost on Twitter at balls underscore whistles or by emailing ballsandwhistles at hnmedia.co.uk. Depending on where you're listening, you might have the option to leave us a rating or a review. If you do have that option, please do that because it might help other people come across us as well. And of course, there are other podcasts that Highland News and Media put together, Active Outdoors by John Davidson and Health and Lift Nest by Andy Dixon and Federica Stefani. For the time being, Will, good luck for the next couple of weeks because you're going to be on your own like I was last time out. Um, I'll be listening to see what's going on when I'm not at work. That's going to be fun. I feel like you're already balking under the pressure of this. What's that face? <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm just dreading it. No, never mind. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> we'll go with that. Power of positivity, like I said. Right. For the time being, have a good week, everybody, and thank you for listening.